Welcome. This is From Story to Impact, where we talk about the stories of our lives. And I am your host, Angel Tessie. I want to thank you so much for your time and your attention today. This is the official show of the Voices of Impact Awards, which celebrates the voices that inspire humanity. When we say voices, we're referring to your voice. We know that you've had struggles, challenges, and you've had a joyful experience from which you've learned a valuable lesson. It's these lessons and these experiences that can guide others to do better and to be better in their personal lives, their relationships, careers, and business endeavors. We all have a favorite story. Our stories connect us to each other. Stories enable us to give meaning to our past, provide a framework for our present, and allow us to envision the future. And so to honor and celebrate you, we created an awards show where you can share your inspiring story with the world and be recognized for your contribution. You don't have to be a celebrity, a social media influencer, or even a published author. You don't need special credentials. You don't need money or even the right connections. You only need the courage to share your story with the world. And if you've never shared your story in public before, we will train you, mentor you, equip you to write, speak, and share your heroic story. Yes, making it to the awards finals would be exciting. But what's even more exciting is the person you will become simply by participating in the awards program. To learn more and apply for your chance to be a finalist and win $20,000 in cash with a book publishing contract from Morgan James Publishing, go to our Voices of Impact Awards website at voiawards.com. Sign up to become one of our storytellers. And speaking of storytellers, our studio guest today is, is Steve Gallegos. He is known as America's Ambassador on Success, is an international speaker, trainer, award-winning author, authority on personal development and communications. Through lessons earned as a U.S. Marine law enforcement officer, singer-songwriter, recording artist, board-certified civil trial lawyer, internet startup founder, and published commercial photographer, Steve delivers unparalleled real-world training and guidance to his audiences. As a coach, he guides executives, entrepreneurs, and public personalities to resolve matters dealing with self-mastery, communications, and relationships, which Steve believes are the three pillars to all personal and business success. Steve is also the founder and president of the Voices of Impact Awards, the premier event which celebrates and equips people with stories that inspire humanity. This program is the coming together of TEDx, the Grammys, and American Idol, where everyday people can become extraordinary by sharing their heroic stories. Steve is personally giving away 10 cash prizes to the finalists, including a $20,000 cash award for the grand prize winner. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a man who is putting his money where your mouth is. Please welcome to our studio, Steve, Stevie G. Gallego. Steve, welcome. Hello, Angel. Thank you so much. That's, I'm like, I'm listening to you and I'm going, who is this guy? <laughs> it's a little odd to be on the other side, the receiving end. You're usually in this seat introducing somebody else and right. all of their accolades. And yeah, right. so how does that feel to have it yeah. all repeated back to you? You know, it's kind of um, um, it's kind of surreal, right? Because I don't live in a world where I, I don't consider myself an influencer. I, I don't consider myself the type of person that goes out to say, "Hey, look at me! Look at me! Look at me! Look at me!" Right? Like a lot of people do. And so, when you read back their accolades and accomplishments, it it's like, oh yeah, you know. <sighs> 
right? Doing this right? kind of thing. Yeah, you're like, but, yeah, kind of, yeah. I'm all that and a bag of chips. And yet, you know, 10 minutes ago, you were probably, I don't know, walking the dog or something. Simple. Exactly, exactly. But I don't look at myself like that. I don't live my life like that. I usually... Um, I'm spending time finding ways to honor and elevate other people and not to make myself better, but that's just the way I roll. That's how I live my life. And, and so to hear it back, you know, it's like hearing your own voice through the loudspeakers. The first time you're speaking, right. You're in a recording studio and you go, really? I sound like that. Um, yeah, it's kind of surreal. It is. Well, you have done a lot. You've accomplished a lot. And of course, when you read it back, it sounds so easy as if it was, but I imagine it hasn't. Um, has Has there been struggles? Have there been things that you've had to overcome in order to get here? Are you kidding? What a beautiful question first. And, and first of all, I want to thank you for uh, giving up your time and, and sharing with us and co-hosting this uh, particular interview because um, we wanted to find, the company wanted to find just the perfect uh, co-host for this particular segment, uh, which is going to be a super evergreen segment. And we chose you. And so I'm super grateful that you made the time to do it. And you're phenomenal as a journalist and in front of the camera. So thank you so much for doing that. Well, you are so welcome. I'm honored. I'm super honored to be here, to be in this seat and get to tell and get to share your story with, with this fabulous audience. So enough with the accolades. Yeah. Sarah, tell us your struggles, Steve. <laughs> um, something that I've learned uh, through my journey and a career as a personal development coach and trainer is that we all go through struggles. Nobody, quote unquote, makes it out of this world alive, right? We all go through something. It's just some people it hits us early in life, others not until later, and not, others not until much later. But we all get hit with something. It's part of the journey. It's part of the revelation of who we are and how we, uh, who we want to become, right? And the only way that we can identify and come to terms with who we want to become is to be put in situations that allow us to become that person, right? That allow that person to come forth. Many times it does, many times it doesn't. And so you keep repeating that lesson until that person comes forth. Um, that's my view of the world anyway, simplistic as it may be. So for me, it started out when I was super young, uh, three or four years old. I remember my name was changed from Estan Guillermo Gallego Sepulveda. Martinez Gonzalez de la Fontana Santa Maria Jr. <laughs> oh my, what a mouthful. <laughs> no, it was Esteban Guillermo Gallegos, but my parents changed it to good for nothing. So mm. actually my good my my full name was absolutely good for nothing. And so I was um physically and mentally abused as a child from an early age. Oh um and I was called good for nothing among numerous other names, but this is the one that stuck with me. And the one that truly unfolded or, or had a real hand in unfolding who I was and who I was becoming, because the more that you call, the more that you refer to someone as you are this, nine times out of 10, the more of that they're going to become. And so the more that I was referred to as good for nothing by my parents and my teachers, et cetera, the more good for nothing I became. Couldn't do anything in the eyes of my parents or the other adults except sing. Hmm. I couldn't do anything, Angel, except sing. When I sang, people stopped, they paid attention, they listened, they applauded, they admired me. The other times I was no good. I was worthless, right? So by the time I'm 17 years old, I've tried several times now to 
take my own life, to commit suicide. But it turns out I couldn't even do that right. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness you were good. Not good at that either. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, and it happened that the reason I wanted to do it is because I had no vision. I had no, no idea of who I was or where I was going or, you know, what this, what my purpose was, because I've been told thousands of times that I was good for nothing. Uh, I remember, you know, my mom telling me that if it hadn't been for you, I would have been able to do this, this, that, or the other. And so to put that guilt on a kid, you know, you just start feeling like, wow, I'm responsible for her lack of whatever it is, following her dreams and and um, accomplishing what she wanted to accomplish. So that, that's a heavy weight to put on a kid. Absolutely. So it happened that at or about that same time when I was a senior in high school, my then girlfriend gave me a book by Norman Vincent Peale called The Power of Positive Thinking. Mm. And I read the book, but to be frank, I didn't understand much, if any of it. It was way beyond me. But there were seven words in there, Angel, that captured my attention, which are change your thoughts and change your world. Now, even when I read those words and that statement resonated with me, I didn't know that it was possible to change your thoughts. I didn't. How do you do that? How do you control your thoughts? How do you do anything with your thoughts? Don't they just happen? But I knew that I could change my world because I had run away from home numerous times before in years prior. And I love that experience. And I love getting away and being free. So I said, that's what I'll do. I'll run away from home again. So this time I ran away and joined the United States Marine Corps. Mm. Talk about jumping from the frying pan into the fire. <clears throat> as, and, and so it happens, as, as most of the world knows, the Marines, they're designed, to, at least in boot camp, to break you down to your bare minimum so that they can build you up again to the kind of person and soldier Marine that they want you to be. Well, they didn't have very far to break me down because I was already like, eh, I was nothing. And so go ahead, do what you want with me. I've been beaten. I've been dragged. I've been thrown down the stairs. I've been hit with hammers. I've been called every name in the book. There is nothing drill instructor you can do to break me down. So there were three other Hispanics in my training class who were primarily Spanish speaking. And One thing many people don't know about the Marine Corps is the academics plays a very big portion of whether or not you become a Marine or not. It's okay to be able to take on 10 people at a time and to shoot a rifle and, you know, all of these things, but you got to be smart too. And so they were having a struggle with the academics due to the language barrier. I recognize this and nobody asked me, no one suggested it, but I decided, hey, the three of you and me we're going to get up at night, we're going to go sit in the showers, and we're going to go through that day's materials where I will translate it into Spanish as best I could. We would have a discussion about it and then talk about it in English as well so that I knew that they understood. And so this went on for about two weeks. We'd get up as soon as everybody, as soon as lights went out, which was usually about 10 o'clock at night, 10.30, we would get up, go into the showers, and about two weeks into this experience, one of the drill instructors starts rushing into the shower where we're sitting and he starts yelling and cussing, thinking because he had heard voices, right? He yeah, you up. guys were you were defying the rules, you weren't honoring the 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 what do you, what do you call that at bedtime, right? The curfew and you were disobeying, right? All against all the things you'd been taught. 
all the things and worse. He thought he, we, he was going to catch us doing something like, oh, my gosh, that would make the headlines of the newspapers, right? And and so anyway, so he came in like he was busting in on an enemy compound all by himself, firing his rifle and just wanting to take everybody out and just scared us to pieces. So as soon as I was able to catch my breath and, and my heart jumped back into my chest, I was able to get up and he, cause he explained, we, you know, what are you guys doing? So I stood up, explained, you know, what we're doing. I said, sir, you know, we're just uh, training and going over the materials, blah, blah, blah. So he looked at us kind of like, like shocked, like he wasn't expecting that. So he said, all right, carry on. <sighs> Fast forward to the end of boot camp. I graduated number one in the class. You did. My buddies graduated in the top 10. Wow. And as a result of that experience, I was awarded the honor man position, which is the equivalent of valedictorian, the uh, dress blue uniform, the Marine dress blue uniform, which is known the world over, and the rank of private first class. All because I took my eyes off myself and decided to help three other individuals that we were buddies, but, you know, I didn't owe them anything, right? And again, because no one had asked me. And so that was my first lesson, real world lesson, that I had value, that I had something to give to the world, that I wasn't this good-for-nothing individual that my parents had sent off to boot camp 13 weeks prior. And so that was my first, um, like I said, angel foray into believing that I was worth something. And absolutely, absolutely. Because the something good for nothing does not does not graduate top of his class and be given the highest accolades amongst his peers. Um, Steve, how did your family react or respond to you know, this transformation? I don't <clears throat> remember um, simply because we still weren't that connected. In other words, you know, they came to my graduation, but. I didn't want them there. Yeah. Right. To tell you the truth, I didn't want them there. I didn't care whether they were there or not, but they did show up, um, which in retrospect, I'm grateful for. Um, but we didn't relate. Uh, you know, I'm sure that I, they gave me hugs and said, I'm so proud of you, but I didn't believe them. Right. I, it was, there was because we hadn't healed, we hadn't resolved all of these issues from 17 years prior. You know, look at who I am and what I've done, and look at the uniform I'm wearing. And the rank on my sleeve, but yet you guys treated me like I was. Like nothing, know, like nothing, nothing, less than nothing. Well, you took those words, change your thoughts, change your world. You didn't know how to change your thoughts. So you changed your world. And then I imagine your thoughts began to change. I want to move. I want to move a little bit forward, Steve, because we want to really talk about the impact now that you are that you are making and giving to others. And you can see that in your very first opportunity, right, to pour into others, you you took this group of, of your peers and brought them to the top 10 in the presentation. Um, tell me now, like, I mean, I know, I know you were subject to deportation, like you had a bunch of struggles <laughs> during that time. Um, do you want to cover that a little bit before we move into, into, if somebody no, let's move into, voice? you know, all of those stories are fun, right? The, the whole journey, there's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of highs and numerous lows too in between to get to where we are now. But I'm super excited to talk about where we are now, where we're going. And so let's, let's, let's go there. 
I think this is something, right? As people are coming to the Voices of Impact Awards and realizing mm-hmm. they have all of these stories, right? We have experiences, but sometimes we're like, I, I don't know what story I should share. And does it, does anybody even care? Is this even matter? Would anybody even listen? I think we have a lot of self-talk that that keeps us from stepping into, into this space. What would you say, Steve, is one of the biggest one of the biggest fears of actually sharing your story in a public presentation. Um, I'd say most people, Angel, as you probably have heard, is say, well, I have a fear of public speaking. I don't believe that we do Mm. have a fear of public speaking. I believe that our fear is making a mistake because we all speak in public. Anybody that owns a phone speaks in public. Anybody that goes to a coffee shop and orders from the menu speaks in public. Anybody that sits on a bus next to someone and you're talking, having a conversation, you go to school, you're speaking in public. You're not on stage, so it's not that framed, right, um, purposeful. Doesn't it feel, Steve, like there are just some people that were born for it? Like you see other people, they were born for that. And that wasn't me. Do you, do you think that's true that people are born for it? And I remember your story, and I believe that we're all born with the ability to speak. Let's start there. Unless you have a physical impairment that doesn't allow your vocal cords to develop and for you to enunciate and create sounds and those kinds of things. Absent that, Angel, we all have an innate natural ability to speak. What happens is that somewhere along the way, and I bet we didn't um, get this far in in your story when uh, we conducted your interview, but I bet if you look back, somewhere along the way, you were ridiculed, you were rejected, you were put on the spotlight when you weren't ready, you were embarrassed, something happened where you made this vow with yourself that said, I will never, ever go and you know, do this again, be in front of a microphone or whatever. And so we grow into our adulthood with this idea that's permeated by authors and coaches and trainers who want to sell product that you're afraid of public speaking and I've got the secret and you need to come through me in order to eliminate that and be on stage. No, we're not afraid of public speaking. You're already doing it. What we're afraid of is making a mistake. And if that's what we're afraid of, can't we learn to avoid the mistakes? And so to answer your question, what is the one thing that I believe holds people back the most is this fear of rejection. I'm going to share my story. No one's going to pay attention. I'm going to share my story. I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to share my story. Someone's going to say, who cares? Someone's going to laugh. No, I'm not going to be celebrated. I don't know what's going to happen because I've never experienced being celebrated before. And so because that's unknown, they don't know what that celebration looks like, then they resist and they hold back, which I think is a big mistake. All right. So I like for me, I did absolutely have, I, I, I don't remember a, a specific moment that maybe I made that vow to myself where I was embarrassed and, um, you know, in front of, in front of my group of, of friends or peers. But I, I do know, like, like growing up, it wasn't the most supportive environment to step out and to be successful and to achieve. And so very likely, like if I, you know, had some hypnotherapy or something, I could probably go back to say that was the, the moment. But regardless, right, there are things like as we're getting ready to step on stage, you know, we've got the butterflies, maybe, um, like we might like lose our voice before a big presentation, right? I remember my mouth completely drying up, 
uh, you know, during, during a presentation. And when your mouth dries up, you, you can't, you can't physically speak. What are, do you have like some physical tips or things that if we are just in that space that need to, to calm the butterflies or, or, you know, get our voice ready for a presentation? Do you have just a, I don't know, some tips that, okay, I can do this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and what you've described, and thank you for bringing that up, because it's something that everyone goes through. It doesn't matter if you're the president of the United States and you've been in front of thousands and thousands of, uh, you know, people delivering your talk, or you're a Oscar-winning Hollywood actor or a Grammy Award-winning singer. It doesn't matter we all have that nervous energy that we call anxiety. Some of us call it panic attacks. But remember, the more that you refer to something as what you believe it is, the more it becomes, right? The more I was called good for nothing, the more good for nothing I became. The more that you say, oh my gosh, I'm panicking. Oh my gosh, I'm having an anxiety. Yes, you're going to have that because that's what you're calling into being. That's how the mind works. But it's energy. It's, it's nothing more than energy. And there's a few things. Um, one of the uh, most recent experiences was when I was living in Dallas, I was emceeing a TEDx event there for um, a particular organization. The night before, we all gathered at this beautiful restaurant and three of the presenters for the next day on the TEDx stage had lost their voices. Two of them, was, two of them were very, very hoarse with no explanation. And one of them had completely lost his voice. One of them... Uh, um, was the writer of the movie. I don't know if you've ever seen um, Same Kind of Different as Me. Oh, I haven't. Oh, you should see that movie, Andrew. You're going to love it. Same Kind of Different as Me, uh, Ron Hall. Um, and, and he's a beautiful man. He's been on stage thousands and thousands of times telling his story about same kind of Same Kind of Different as Me. But yet he lost his voice. And so I took them aside, and I, I each one of them independently, and I said, do this so you kind of bring your lips together and you make this this like motorboat the little sound raspberry like, sound like babies do little right? raspberry yeah like when you yeah. do a raspberry to a baby's tummy or to your wife or girlfriend or whatever <laughs> <laughs> exactly but that's what you do and if you can't hold your lips together by yourself then squeeze your cheeks together like this and go <laughs> yes okay okay this is what how did you figure this out like who showed that to you steve you'll be surprised um the vocal coach to the stars seth briggs when i was uh in los angeles pursuing my music career i had the privilege of coaching with seth riggs he was at the time the coach for al Jarreau, michael jackson um diana ross you name it he was their coach and I don't know how I got in to see him, but I did, and I trained with him, and that's one of the first things that he taught me. He said, even um, when you're on stage and these rock stars that are just getting out there and just yelling at the top of their lungs, thinking they're singing, they're harming their voice, but it's part of who they are, part of their presentation. And if they lose their voice in mid-performance, what happens? They go backstage and they do this. <laughs> You just do that all up and down the scale for a few minutes. And what that does, Angel, is if you wake up in the morning and you do that, it warms your voice and it prepares you for delivering a presentation. It gives you really nice resonance. So you don't have to 
talk. A lot of people think, oh, I need to warm up my voice and they start talking. No, talking actually wears you out and it, it wears down the vocal cords. But this allows you to engage and warm the vocal cords without having to speak. And if you think you're saving your voice by going, I'm just going to whisper. No, don't do that. That's even harder on your voice. That's even harder. It'll make things more difficult. So anyway, so these three individuals, expert speakers, I taught them this technique the very next morning. They all three stepped on stage and delivered beautiful presentations. And they come up to everyone and said, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but it's a technique that works. So you can do it while you're driving a car. You can do it while you're doing household chores, while you're sitting on the computer, doing whatever it is that you do during the day. That's what you do to either warm up your voice or restore it if you lose it. That is a fabulous tip. That is absolutely golden. And of course, part of the Voices of Impact Awards is coming in and being trained, being prepared for the stage. This is some of the the incredible quality of training you're going to get. So let's talk a little bit about the Voices of Impact Awards. You could have chosen to go in any direction, Steve, right? From your accolades in the Marine Corps, now with all of your all of your training. I mean, when we read through your through your bio, all of the things that you the, any direction. Why did you choose to create an awards program? Why is this so important to you? Thanks for that question, Angel. One of the things that I hold very near and dear to my heart. And it just brings my wife so much joy and laughter and sometimes embarrassment is that I'm one of these guys that if I'm invited to a party, the first thing I ask is, can I bring my friends with me? And this has just been throughout all my life. And I know where it comes from. We won't go there yet. We won't go there because it's a truly long story. But I always look for opportunities to bring other people with me. One of the most recent, and again, we, we just moved from Dallas a couple of years ago, so I've had a lot of experiences in Dallas. I was invited to a very exclusive VIP dinner for Chivas Regal. They had a special club in downtown uh, Dallas, and I don't know how they thought I was a whiskey drinker. I'm really not, but I thought this would be a cool party, meet some cool dudes, kind of networking, those kinds of things. So my wife and I went, Alethea, we went... <clears throat> at the invitation of another friend of mine. And while we were there, the owner of the event, I guess, recognized something in me that I was one of the leaders or I don't know, something. But he came up and said, hey, I'd love to have you and your wife come up to the uh, exclusive tasting room. Don't tell anybody. It's just for you guys. And a few hand-selected other individuals, they get to come up and see the new reveal, the new product that Shivas is bringing out, and we're the first in the world to be able to see and taste this product. Well, what did I do? I ran my mouth. Everybody I met until they called us up into that room, I said, hey, what are you doing in about 20 minutes? We're going to go up and have this amazing, long story short, we get up into the room, Standing room only around the walls, the organizer comes up and he looks around and he says, what the F is going on here? Who invited all of you? Half the room points to me. (laughs) He says, Steve, 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 I told you this was for you and your wife, man, not for everybody else. So I'm sorry. I, I just I just thought it would be fun to have more people up here. And so he shoveled out half the room. 
I go, oh, okay, oh. we gotta go, we gotta go. But <clears throat> so anyway, that, that's just an illustration of what I like to do. So over note the years, self. note to self, if I invite you over for dinner <laughs> to set a few extra plates. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like you had invited us to uh, this beautiful, beautiful event you were going to have at the Denver, Denver Tech Center Hotel, right? A couple of weeks ago, I had 15 people ready to come with us. <laughs> Oh, oh, that would have been so much fun. That would have been so much fun. They've closed the airport here in Orlando and I couldn't, I couldn't get there. So we'll have to, we'll definitely have to do a redo. They would have all become your clients. Um, Anyway, so um, throughout the years that I've had the opportunity to be on stage as a singer, as a speaker, sharing my story as an author, always much like you do always have people coming up to me. Thank you for sharing your story. It just made such an impact on me. And, you know, you changed my life or you inspired me. You Something, right? Something about sharing your story. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you. But you know what? I bet you have an incredible story too. You should get out there and share it. You should write a book. You should what? And it dawned on me after many times of saying this is, you know what, Steve, you're, you're encouraging and telling people to go out and do something that there's really no platform for them to do it, especially if they don't want to become the next Tony Robbins or Oprah or the next Angel Tessie. There isn't that platform. For those people that do want that kind of career, you can apply to TEDx, you can apply to speaking stages, you can apply for podcasts, but the majority of people, Angel, that have a beautiful story that can impact and change someone else's life, they have they don't have that aspiration. They're busy being executives, moms, nurses, first responders, firefighters, Um, community leaders, and that's where they believe their lot in life is, and that's perfectly fine. But yet you've been through some stuff that allowed you to become the CEO, to become the CFO, the CMO. You've been through some stuff that allowed you to realize that as a seven-figure earner, um, you rather stay at home raising your kids because being in that corporate world and having that kind of life just really didn't resonate with you when you knew you were missing out on the life of your kids, right? You're as a first responder, as a healthcare worker, et cetera. So years ago, we were still living in Dallas. Dallas was magical for me from a standpoint of business. Um, I decided that we were going to create an event that was going to be open opportunity for everyone to share their story. And then we moved to Costa Rica, we came to Denver, COVID hit, and so it's been delayed a little bit, but we were finally able to launch it this year. And it's really, a a platform, as you said in the introduction, a meeting of TEDx with the Grammys, with American Idol, because we really want this to be a celebration of the everyday individual that has that magical story that we know is going to continue inspiring humanity. And we want to celebrate that individual. So they're going to get to walk out on stage to their own music, kind of like entering the ring at the WWE or UFC fight with your own, whatever music you want. That's your song. You're going to be able to come out to it. We're going to have a blue carpet for them to walk out onto with, you know, cameras and all those kinds of things and just really, really celebrate the storyteller to bring out the hero in them. I love it. I'm so excited. I cannot, I cannot wait for it. Uh, final question before we before we wrap up and, and give everybody an opportunity to register again. What do you want your legacy to be, Steve? Mm, that's a beautiful question. Thank you. Um, I want this to be my legacy. This is, uh, I've declared it before, this is my legacy project. This isn't a one-off event. This is, I want this to be the Oscars, the Grammys, the Emmys of the 
storytelling world, not just speaking. In fact, I want the audience to know that this isn't just for speakers. If you consider yourself a speaker, great. We welcome you. Come on board. If you've got a lot of experience as a speaker, great. We welcome you. Come on board. If you have a zero experience as what we define as a public speaker, we love you even more because you're the one that has the voice, the story that can change the world. The other folks, they're already doing it, right? They're already building their stages, getting the word out there about who they are, how magical they are, which is beautiful, but we need more. There's 8 billion people now in the world, <laughs> and we need a lot, a lot of help. And you're one of the people that can help. I love it. I love it. Well, it is time, right? To learn more about the Voices of Impact Awards, make sure you visit the website, voiawards.com. Apply for a chance to become a finalist. Get the speaking training and mentorship that Steve and his team are going to provide to you. Possibly win the $20,000 cash prize and a book publishing contract from Morgan James Publishing. Again, Voices of Impact Awards website is voiawards.com. We hope you will sign up to become one of our storytellers. Steve, before we go, is there anything else you want to add? Yes. Angel, first, uh, again, I want to honor you and recognize you for giving your time to co-host this event and conducting this interview. And you did a fabulous job just to, again, showcasing uh, the talent that you are as a journalist, as a media and publicity expert. And I wanted to share with the world that when you say that we will train you and mentor you and guide you and, and equip you to participate and succeed in the awards, I want to point out that you are one of our official resource partners. And so when you register to become a part of the Voices of Impact Awards, you're going to get to work with someone like Angel when you want to up-level your own PR, find out what PR is, find out how to get media, and find out how to appear on camera. Angel is one of several experts that we have in this area that will be able to guide you and work with you one-on-one. -on -one. And so this is incredible. She's got some free gifts for you once you register. And then if you choose to work with her on a one-on-one -on -one basis, call her up, email her, and talk to her and just uh, make sure that your PR strategy, your, your media experience is all set to go. And so um, that's one of the other benefits that we have for you besides uh, being in the um, Voices of Impact Awards. And as she said in the introduction, whether or not you ever make it to the finals is irrelevant. Unless, of course, you want to win and become you know, the <laughs> grand prize winner, then it's relevant. But the point being is that we're going to give you so much value. You're going to be in this community that is going to inspire and motivate you to continue doing much, much better. Whether you work at your home, at your work, at your uh, business, in your community. So the skills you learn, the people that you're going to meet, you're going to be able to up-level and just be able to serve at a much higher level in whatever you do, whether or not you even make it to the finals. So don't worry about, um, am I going to get something out of this? Absolutely, you are. And for a price that is just um, uh, unheard of for a project like this. So that's what I wanted to add. Again, Angel, thank you so much. You are so welcome. This is an incredible opportunity. And like you said, even if you don't make it to the finalists, if that's not, even if that's not your goal, learning about yourself and having this type of experience will change your life. And it's one of those experiences you'll always be able to look back on and 
thank yourself for, for stepping into it and being bold and being brave. I'm Angel Tessie. We've been interviewing the founder of the Voices of Impact Awards, Steve Gallegos. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you under the spotlight.